This is the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast, episode number 27. Hey, podcast listener. Even if you are feeling alone in your pursuit of calm and confidence, know that today, right now, in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of others all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. At Calm Living, we believe it's only when we stop struggling against our fearfulness and our anxiety that we begin to find lasting freedom from it, to live the lives we want to live. That is what this podcast is about. Come join the Confidence Revolution. Well, hello. Welcome to episode 27 of the Calm Living Blueprint podcast. My name is Candice Esposito, the founder of the Calm Living Blueprint, and I'll be your host. Thanks for listening in and a great big happy new year to you. I hope this year has gotten off to a good start. So we're back. I don't know about you, but this past week was the first full week back into routine again for me back in, you know, to the full swing of things after being on holidays. And I have to say it kind of kicked my butt. So I'm grateful it's the end of the week and I look forward to next week. I kind of will just look upon this past week as more of a transition period. So do you set New Year's resolutions? I know some people laugh at the idea of setting resolutions and I don't blame them. I think the statistic is that by the end of January something like 92% of resolutions have already failed. Doesn't exactly conjure up hope does it? If most people fail when it comes to sticking to their resolutions, no wonder so many people decide not to set any resolutions at all. Well, I want to share with you how we can improve our lives, why change is possible, and how we can prevent ourselves from getting into the same rut again this year. It's just a matter of knowing why typical resolutions don't work in the first place and how a shift in your perspective about resolutions can make all the difference. So what do you say? How about we make 2014 the best year yet? As always, a quick reminder that the show notes for every episode are available on the Calm Living Blueprint website. The show notes include the MP3 recording, the transcript of the podcast, any resources mentioned, as well as the home play that I recommend in each episode. The show notes for today's episode can be found at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash 27. And that, of course, is the number 27 as in episode number 27. So the enthusiasm and hope that comes with setting New Year's resolutions is great. Unfortunately, most of that enthusiasm and hope fades within weeks and our efforts to make change in our lives fades along with it. So let's look at why resolutions fail in the first place. Well, for one thing, people tend to try to accomplish too much all at once. When you set too many resolutions, you spread your energy and focus way too thin. 
there was actually a study done at Stanford University that showed that the more goals the subjects in the study made, the less likely they were to achieve them. So remember, you can always add a new action step or goal at a later time. The fact is most of us only have a finite amount of energy and motivation. Spend that all in the beginning and you're going to run out of steam. Another common mistake I see is that people try to do the really hard habits right away, which makes it much more likely for you to become overwhelmed or intimidated by the difficulty, and then of course you quit. A really common mistake is when people depend on discipline to get them through. Unfortunately, this isn't how human nature works. If we really don't want to do something, we're not going to be able to force ourselves to do it for very long. And lastly, resolutions are often too vague, like people say they're going to exercise. Well, where's the concrete plan in that statement? What kind of exercise? For how long? On which days? For the purpose of what? Okay, so I'm sure there's other reasons why resolutions fail, like sometimes life just gets in the way, something unexpected comes up, but for the most part, those are the most common ones, and any one of those are sufficient enough on its own to stop a resolution from succeeding. So what are we to do? Well, I want to present you with five simple resolution stickiness strategies. Follow these strategies and you'll be among the 8% of people who make their resolutions stick. So let's get to the first one. Use the snowball effect. Use the snowball effect. So much we do in life is related to what we experienced as a first impression. For example, when you were a kid, did you enjoy sports? I bet if your first experience of sports was being picked last for the baseball team, the answer would probably be no. Did you enjoy history class? I'm guessing if your first history class was really boring, you know, just reading from a textbook and having to do rote memorization, the answer again is probably no. It's just human nature. Often the first impression determines future impressions. So here's how you can use this to your advantage. When you create new habits, make them so insanely easy that you accomplish them every time, and therefore they leave you feeling good. It's positive reinforcement. You're creating a positive snowball effect in your brain. It helps you keep a positive mental impression of the habit that you are trying to form. So using this strategy helps you avoid the possibilities of burnout, overwhelm, and feeling intimidated by lofty goals. So ask yourself, what is the tiniest step I can take right now, today, that will get me a little further towards reaching my goal? Use the snowball effect. The next strategy is to program your habits, not your effort. Okay, so now that you're using this, the positive snowball effect, it'll be much easier to stay motivated. But we still need to tackle the discipline issue. And that's where this next strategy comes in. Effort and discipline aren't reliable strategies to depend on. Instead, focus on changing your habits. So if you notice, I've already been using the word habit in place of the word resolution, and I've been doing that for a reason. To create a habit, first you need a trigger. And a trigger could be anything. Going on a lunch break, brushing your teeth, drinking a glass of water, opening the fridge, and on and on. 
For example, say the new habit you want to create is to start meditating. And let's say that you use brushing your teeth as your trigger. Say for the next 10 days, every time you brush your teeth, you then go sit down for three minutes and focus on your breath. Just three minutes. You're not forcing yourself to be there for a long time. It's not about forcing the habit. After a while, you'll find that every time you brush your teeth, you crave meditation. You will have programmed a new habit in your brain. Your brain anticipates what's coming next. Your brain and your body have linked the two behaviors together. So focus on creating new habits with the use of a trigger rather than relying on discipline and effort. So program your habits, not your effort. The next strategy is to build in automatic accountability. Build in automatic accountability. So we tend to follow through more often on the things we are accountable to do. For example, if you know your friend is relying on you to go to the gym with her, you're probably more likely to go to the gym compared to if you just relied on yourself to get up early and go on your own. There is an easier way, however. Researchers have found that by reminding people every two weeks about their goals, people could double the time they regularly exercised over the course of 12 months just by setting a simple reminder. Pretty impressive, eh? And get this, it didn't matter if the reminder came from a real person or from an automated message. And this doesn't just happen with exercise, it can be any habit. So it's something I think we can all do, right? It's as simple as setting up a reminder on your phone or your computer. So make an accountability pact with a friend or simply program an automated message to email you every two weeks. It will double your ability to stick to your new habits. All right, so build in automatic accountability. The next strategy is to tweak your default. Tweak your default. Did you know that while the vast majority of Americans approve of organ donations, only about a quarter actually consent to donate their own? Compare this to nearly all Austrians, French, and Portuguese people who consent to donate their organs. What accounts for this difference? The default. The difference is that in the United States, people must choose to donate their organs. In much of Europe, people must choose not to donate. It all comes down to the default. Isn't it remarkable that people's decision about organ donation could so easily be changed by changing the default? Defaults relate to our perspectives of what the status quo is. Actually, another term for this is status quo bias. Again, knowing this, you can use this knowledge to your advantage. Figure out what defaults may be getting in the way of you carrying through on your new habit. I'll give you a simple example. I had a patient who found it difficult to go to the gym, even though she really wanted to exercise more. When I asked her how far the gym was from her home, she said a 20-minute drive. Now, depending on where you live, that may not seem like much, but here in the Sioux, that's like driving across the entire town. Okay, so I googled where she lived, and it turns out there was a gym close enough that she could walk to every day. So, of course, once she changed her gym membership, she was much more likely to actually go to the gym closest to her. She changed her default. 
Okay, so change your defaults. And lastly, the last strategy is to avoid the happiness trap. Often our society tells us that once we achieve our goals, then we'll be happy. Not so. Research suggests the opposite is actually true. Happier people tend to be more motivated, more resilient to stress, and more likely to achieve their goals. So don't fall into the trap of believing you can only be happy if and when you achieve. What makes you happy? What do you enjoy? Focus on that first. You'll be much more likely to get to where you want to be, plus you'll be more resilient in the face of stress and setbacks. Alright, so let's sum up those strategies for you one more time. Use the snowball effect. Program your habits, not your effort. Build in automatic accountability. Tweak your default and avoid the happiness trap. Alright, so here's your home play. Pick a habit for 2014. Just one habit to start with. Commit as publicly as possible to creating this new habit in the next two months. So tell your friends, tell your family, announce it on your Facebook page, whatever you have to do to commit to it publicly. Break the habit down into at least eight baby steps, starting with a ridiculously easy step. Okay, so at least eight baby steps to get to where you want to be. Choose a trigger for your habit. Do the first really easy baby step for one week right after your trigger. So do it every time after your trigger. And then each week move on to a slightly harder step. Then after the two months, you just have to repeat the process with habit number two. All right, so let me know how things go by leaving a comment on the calmlivingblueprint.com website or by leaving me a message on our Facebook page. Here's to the new habits that await you in 2014. Remember, as Confucius said, it does not matter how slow you go so long as you don't stop. So keep going. Till next week, I'm Candice Esposito. Keep calm and carry on. Music